You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Okay, uh, Rob Perlman and Jordan Hoffman are with me today, the authors of this, the Star Trek Book of Friendship. And let me tell you uh, both, first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, but I have been so excited to have this conversation with you because I, I, I received this book in the mail uh, and I read it and um, it's, uh, it's just really wonderful. Uh, so... Let me just start off by saying, Rob, we know your books um, in Star Trek and other fandoms pretty well. Jordan, of course, we know you from the conventions and from the Engage podcast. But how do you guys know each other? That is a fun question. And first of all, thank you for having us. And thank you for saying nice things about the book. Um, <laughs> Rob and I met in one of the least Star Trek places imaginable. We met at the Cabo Wabo Sammy Hagar restaurant in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, because uh, as you mentioned, um, I, I have done and continue to do various things for the Star Trek conventions, moderating panels, uh, leading fan chats and whatnot. And Rob has been writing Star Trek books for, this is his 10th Star Trek book. So, um, and, you know, has a whole other life in publishing. So we were both in Las Vegas for one of the conventions. And um, a fella who worked um, at the time, CBS now called Paramount Global, was like, hey, we're all going out to dinner. You guys want to come? And when I hear free meal, I always say yes. And Rob does, too. So <laughs> That's good policy. We, we, we jumped in <laughs> the taxi. Idiots. <laughs> and um, ended up sort of, there were, a, you know, a good number of people at this dinner, a dozen people or so. And we were sort of stuck in the corner and it's like, oh, hello, nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you. And then after about 60 seconds, we realized that we had just, I had just found one of my new best friends. Yeah, it what? went very quickly from who's this guy to who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and when was this? A few years ago? I, I it was 2014 give or take 2015 I don't know something like that I would wow. say it's about 10 at least 10 years yeah okay a while that's ago wonderful. that's wonderful was this a Star Trek convention or is this something that was yeah, yeah. unrelated yes it was for Star, Star Trek, Trek yeah it was yeah. For Star Trek for sure and um yeah and I remember um you know I I, I remember like going to the restroom of the Cabo Wabo is it called Cabo Wabo Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo wild. Yeah. And like looking at the pictures on the wall, I'm just like, what am I doing here? What is it? How do I end <laughs> up in this weird spot? Not that I'm anti Sammy Hagar. He seems like a nice enough chap, but uh, I don't know. It was one of those weird experiences. And who to thunk all this time later, we would collaborate on a book about Star Trek friendships. Yeah, the that meal was, was of... forgettable, but our friendship is unforgettable. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I think that's a wonderful story because I've been to the conventions a few times. I know, Jordan, I've run into you a few times there. And um, yeah, those, those connections, those friendships that you make, not sitting in the audiences of the big panels or whatever, but the, the connections that you make because some people are going off campus or some people are hanging out at the bar or some people are doing whatever activity. Those are the ones that kind of lead to your lifelong friendships with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, 
that's a lot of what the book is about. And and Rob can talk about how he was inspired to to create the book because it was his idea originally. But you know, the the Chicago convention just ended, and I was I was only there for one day because scheduling was weird, but I did pop in for a day, and I'm glad I did. And you know, I do maintain a, a number of quote unquote Star Trek friendships, people that I've really grown to care about that have grown, you know, it's a group chat about Star Trek that's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. And I got to see some of those people again in, in the real world. And it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, we don't only just talk about Janeway and stuff, but we mostly do, but <laughs> you'll never run out of stuff to talk about. And it's, it has become a genuine thing. And this exists across all fandoms, I'm sure. But for Star Trek, it's a little bit special because Star Trek is special. So, yeah. um, and Rob, were you? Did you not have the revelation to to create this book at a convention, or was it something like that? Or yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, as you very generously said, this is my tenth Star Trek book, and I I try to have each Star Trek book I do mean something to people. There has to be a purpose for it. It's not just another book that's out there. And at one of the conventions, I think Jordan, you were there with me. I can't remember which one it was in, um, but I noticed pretty strikingly how deep the friendships I was seeing among the other fans were, Um, you know, aside from Jordan and I sort of being on stage and talking about Star Trek characters, I was looking out into the crowd and seeing these people who really only see each other maybe once, maybe twice a year, who are all brought together by their love of Star Trek. And even though they may not have ever have crossed paths in the real world because they live across the country, across the world, literally speak a different language from one another. Um, they, they have different jobs, they have different life experiences, different backgrounds. They were able to come together and become friends initially because of Star Trek and then real friends in real life talking about their lives and encouraging one another and supporting one another through job changes or marriages or deaths or new babies or just other experiences and going on other kinds of vacations together. So I thought if there was a way to sort of do double duty in a book where we're talking about the Star Trek friends that everybody knows and everybody loves, that's really sort of the the basis of the show in addition to the science stuff and the adventure and the daring do and the great stuff that's happening um, and meld that and make it relatable to real life experiences that people and fans are sharing, then, then we're doing a good thing. And that's, that's what the book is. And and I can, I can tell that this book is like really written with fans and fans friendships in mind because there's a dedication page. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I opened that and I just thought that's wonderful. It's clearly something that is in, in, you know, intended for you to give as a gift to someone that you experience that friendship with. And I think that's a wonderful little addition that, um, is just, it, it, it's wonderful. Well, that's certainly the hope. The, cer- certainly the hope is that um, you know everybody who wants to will therefore have to buy two copies, one for themselves and one to give away, which doesn't hurt the bottom line, but also, uh, you know, is, is a friendly, um, a friendly gesture, you know, because I think, you know, what we talk about in the in the meat of the book, which is basically a dialogue between Rob and, and myself is we're talking about different episodes, different characters, different incidents from the show and time and again, just saying, Oh, and it's so great because you know Spock will do anything for Kirk. Bones will do anything for Spock. But, uh, you know, Bolana will do anything for Janeway. You know, all these 
relationships that mean so much that um, I, I mean, it's funny because I think for me, that is what makes me come back to Star Trek more and more. It's not just the weirdness of like, oh, the Bajorans are, have this unique, you know, philosophy and oh, the ships and the nacelles. I mean, that is a lot of it. Like, oh, they're going through time. You know, that's kind of what gets you in at first. But I think the thing that makes you rewatch and rewatch the show is that so many of these characters just have these unique relationships. And it is an office show. They're on their job. You know, they're <laughs> clocking in with their work and beta shift. They're at the job. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's Sam and Diane are at work at Cheers. Kirk and Spock are at work on the bridge of the Enterprise, as weird as that sounds. So it's it's all about those um, those connections and, and yeah. very rich, yeah. fertile soil. None of those stories, none of those adventures, none of the movies would ever work if you don't care about the characters and their relationships with one another. Um, sometimes those are the biggest stakes involved. So Jordan, you mentioned that the format of the book kind of takes takes the form of a conversation between the two of you and also the, uh, some other special guests in there too. Uh, why yes. did why did you guys choose to uh, to have this as a as a conversation rather than ah. you know just uh, laying out here's all the friendships and why they're special? Well, you know, it's very funny because in the early days we were thinking about you know, how would this book look? Will it be a, a list of dossiers? Will it be like a, a lot of maps connecting Bones and Spock and everybody else? <laughs> and uh, Rob and I wrote this over uh, during the thick of the pandemic, you know, pre, um, pre-vaccination times when we weren't going to meet up in person to do it. Um, you know, so it was all done via, uh, via Zoom. And we're having... You know, we're allegedly having one of our initial brainstorming sessions. So what is to what do two Star Trek fans who like to tell jokes do when they're supposed to be doing their work as we start making jokes about Star Trek and talking about it and just getting excited and just having a conversation. And Rob, in his infinite wisdom, the bolt of lightning came from above (laughs) and said, why are we killing ourselves trying to come up with a format? This is the format. We're doing the format right now by just kind of yammering about that moment at the end of City and the Edge of Forever when Kirk has to stop Bones from saving Edith Keeler and Spock. He's not emotional, but he know he understands the pain Kirk is going through, mm-hmm. which is something that I could talk about all week. And he's like, this is the conversation. So we're going to. So what we did then is we just um, scheduled a group of talks uh, every Wednesday at 10 a.m., we would just get together over Zoom and talk for an hour and give each other assignments for the next week because we knew we were going to hit X amount of relationships. You know, we got to do Chekhov and Sulu. We got to do, um, you know, uh, uh, Saru and Michael Burnham. You know, we got to do all these people down the line. And then once we get to it, we'll have you know, an archive of conversations. And then from there, we sculpted the book. So I don't remember the exact number of hours we did, Rob, but it was a lot of, you know, we by the time it was all transcribed, um, it was a big stack. And then we kind of went in and turned it into the blistering, brilliant, scintillating prose that you read today. Yeah. Hopefully enjoy. 
Yeah, you know, when I'm putting together a book, whether it's as, as a publisher or an author, or even when I'm reading a book as a fan, I think the most successful books feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And having another list of Star Trek characters and friendships just seemed boring and not particularly unique or special. Um, and I really wanted it to feel as authentic to our Star Trek experience as it would fans, other fans' experiences too. Um, and it just seemed a, a really organic way of, of doing it because you you hear our personalities throughout the book, but you're also part of that conversation. So we're never saying these are the top three friendships in Star Trek. Right. We're going from friendship to friendship, talking about them and inviting people into the conversation, which is a great part of Star Trek fandom. You want more people on the bridge. Yeah. yeah. And part of it is like me saying, oh, like, oh, well, I never, you, really, you like that? Well, what, what is it that you love about that, Rob? And he'll explain his and so be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought about. And just, again, behind the scenes, the fact that we weren't on stage having this conversation meant that, you know, on week five, we could say, oh, you know, last week we really should have talked about, you know, we were talking about um, Odo and Quark, but we never mentioned episode blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, how did we forget that? So... You know, we made sure to watch it and then say some thoughts about it. And, you know, it was able to slip that in there. You know, that's that's the uh, the beauty of not doing everything live. So, yes. Yeah. We're more on a panel. We have maybe half an hour or 45 minutes right. to get everything out there and then get questions. So we were able to, at, you know, at midnight, text each other and be like, oh, I forgot to talk about that thing. <laughs> Well, I think it comes out really good. It was one of the things I was going to mention is that this is a, you cover a lot of ground um, and the conversation feels authentic, and it, but it really flows. It, it goes really quickly, but you, you feel like you, you get a lot of information in there. Um, and that's a really unique feature, I think, of, of this. Uh, I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about the illustrations. Um, so the illustrations are done uh, by J.K. Woodward and hang on, I want to find my favorite one. Where is it? Oh, which one will it be? Oh. <laughs> it's this one. It's this one. With oh, um, Chekhov and I Sulu. I think it just so perfectly encapsulates their little side eye thing that they have going. Um, and anyway, it's beautifully illustrated. Uh, why did you choose to, to go with that and, as opposed to just like using screenshots or something like that? You know, uh, we wanted, I think going back to the earlier point, we wanted the entire book to feel authentic. And J.K. Woodward is one of our Star Trek friends. Um, and we knew that not only would he be able to do incredible likenesses of the characters, but as a Star Trek fan, he gets it. So there's all of the the love and the subtext that he can put into all of those pieces of art. So for for that image, and I'm, I'm so glad you picked it out, all 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 we said was it's Chekhov and Sulu looking at each other. And then he took it and ran with it. So we knew the characters and the art was, was in, in incred- incredibly good hands. Yeah. I, I love the fact that it's a mix of some of the images are direct. They're, they're basically painted screenshots. You know, there mm-hmm. are, they are exactly as from the show or the movie. Um, but some of them are his interpretation and some of them are images that you've never seen before or a shot from the show, but from a weird point of, you know, the, the camera, so to speak, is in a weird spot or something. 
So there are some images that are totally his his imagination. And uh, for hardcore fans, you can really go in there and look around. There are we didn't go too heavy on the Easter eggs because you know you can go down that road and you just never stop. <laughs> but there are a few little jokes in there in the imagery. If you, if you look hard, you'll you'll come across a handful, and and that's that's always fun. I think yeah. the book as a whole. I, I mean, I like the fact that someone who's watched it, you know, someone who's watched every episode, and would tune into a show like this and be a hardcore fan is gonna is gonna hopefully like this book. But someone who's like Oh yeah, I've seen the movies. Oh yeah, I saw a couple of episodes of Voyager when I was in school. I always liked it. I think they can pick this up and and get it, and hopefully it can inspire them to go back and plug in the gaps and watch more stuff. But I don't think it's too. I don't think the barrier of entry is too high for people who are not hardcore fans. This book is coming out a few months after my last one, called Starfleet Is. And we really wanted to differentiate them in the marketplace. Um, Starfleet is does have screen grabs in it. So, you know, again, we wanted this one to feel different and special and unique. So listen, this this book, the the Star Trek Book of Friendship is, you know, uh, it really trades on you guys's and your guys's friendship and the strength thereof and also talking about Star Trek. So I wanted to take a moment to play a small game with you guys. Now, oh there's no, no pressure, uh, but, you know, if people Ugh. don't think you're genuine friends, no one's going to buy the book. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> His favorite color is blue. <laughs> <laughs> Actually... That was going to be my first question for you, Jordan. What is Rob's favorite color? Pop quiz. I think Rob's favorite color is probably, well, (sighs) they say always go with your first instinct. And I would say the first, his favorite color is blue. But I would say if he's wearing his marketing hat, his favorite color is pink. Because Rob is the author of the outstanding (laughs) book for families of all ages called Pink is for Boys, which is a tremendous book about inclusivity and the gender uh, spectrum. And uh, I know my favorite color when I'm around Rob is pink. So I'm saying. <laughs> what's, what's the answer Rob to put you on the spot? What's your, it, what's it, your favorite color? It, it's blue. Yeah, oh, I knew that. You were right. I knew that, but I'm trying, to push, your, I'm trying to push your other book, Rob. Come on, work with me here. Uh, but I'm gonna turn the tables now and ask Rob, uh, what do you think Jordan's favorite flavor of cookie is? Oh. Oh. I'm trying to think what we had at the dessert bar. I mean, it's probably just a really good, like, basic chocolate chip, I would think. Rob, my, my favorite cookie is one more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but the truth of the matter is, yeah, when you can't mess around with a really good chocolate chip, it's gonna be good. Oatmeal raisin is good too. Oatmeal raisin is good because then you could say, oh, it's it's health, it's healthy. It's, it's got fruit and oh, yeah, raisins. <laughs> but let's not lie. When you get a good chocolate yeah. chip, it's it's dynamite. Yeah. Okay. Like going yeah. back to the table with a plate load of oatmeal cookies, and we both thought it was chocolate chip, and they're like, yeah, it's oh. fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just right. not a chocolate chip. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened. Okay, okay. So you guys have done pretty well at those, which is great. Uh, Now the hard question, and it's a question for both of you. Uh, Mm. Which is the other's favorite episode of Star Trek? Episode. Oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Jordan, is yours the Gorgon episode? 
Well, no, but <laughs> absolutely not. But that, I, it's actually probably my least favorite. But it's the one I talk about the most and the children shall lead. Um, Rob's favorite is definitely TOS Spock heavy. Um, and it might be this side of paradise. Spock with the spores. I do enjoy a good Spock spore. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she wants to though. pronounce his name. She wants to know his first name. <laughs> Spock says you can't pronounce <laughs> see, see, that's funny. See, Spock is the greatest comedian that ever lived. It's funny to me. Oh, yeah, you could, yeah. Of course she could pronounce it, but uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. It's, is, is that your favorite? No, or is it? Is it? I mean, Do you have a favorite? Forever. That's hard. You know, it's, that's hard to decide. That's the thing. I, I have to admit, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm really not one for saying this is my absolute favorite thing, because depending on my mood or depending on where I am in my headspace or what's going on in the world, I'm going to gravitate to different episodes at different times. Yeah, if you're yeah, feeling if you're feeling kind of like up for something fun, you know, or for if you want adventure, you're going to like DS9 Blood Oath. If you want something, you know, very emotional sitting on the edge of forever. I, I can say I know the episode for me that just um, radicalized me as a Star Trek fan. Just just uh, because I had, you know, my walk with Star Trek was beginning and I had seen Star Trek four in the theaters and uh, blew me away. And I'm starting to stay up late and watch it on mm-hmm. channel 11 uh, in, in the New York area. And I loved um, Taste of Armageddon. Just was like, oh my God, this is just so, this is so brilliant. And then it was seeing Mirror Mirror for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the what the first time you see oh we got a we got an ion storm like oh that's not good and then you see the ship <laughs> um well, well i don't have the ship but let's pretend that this is the ship here and then you see the ship just do this i'm like and then it's like this i'm like somehow i intuited i knew what this was they're 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 in mirrorland i don't know how then it cuts to commercial and then it says mirror mirror I'm like they really are in mirrorland oh my god and you see you see the, the the Spock's beard and everything. I was literally pacing. I was like 10 years old, pacing <laughs> in the guest room where I was allowed to watch, where I wasn't really supposed to watch TV that late, but I was allowed to go in there and watch TV. So didn't have a TV in my bedroom, but I go in the guest room and I was like bouncing off the walls in between that reveal of Spock with the beard and then the commercial. And then when it said mirror, mirror, just, uh, just everything fell apart. Oh, little Jordan. Little Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't I like had no one to talk to? See, that's the thing. I needed a Star Trek friend because who was I gonna talk to at that point? My parents were asleep. My oldest sister thought Star Trek was was the worst. And and also it was 11 15 at night. I was supposed to be asleep, but um, and then I went to school and nobody was watching old Star Trek then. Back then, Star Trek was the least cool thing in the world, you know. Yeah, Star like Trek the, fans today don't know don't know how good they have it. It's I they mean, really you don't. Could, and not just Star Trek, the whole thing. You could read comic books in public and not be mm-hmm. mortified. Yep. You Allison, could read books you... in public. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, what's your favorite Star Trek episode? Uh see, I knew somebody was gonna ask that. Actually, because I don't know that I'm I'm a little like Rob, I think, that uh depending on how my mood is going. I as a genre, I really like the kind of Brennan Braga body horror type ones. Uh mm-hmm. but um if I had to pick one, it would probably be Rascals. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I, I love, love I, absolutely. It's a caper and it's silly and it's got a lot of humor and uh I love the kids in it. I love I love Rowan Guinan. I just love that whole like yeah. I love it. Love it. Rascals is way, way up on the on the list for me. That's yeah. top tier for sure yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the other ones that I like are like really questionable. <laughs> when you said the bot did he, was was which is the one where they all um uh where they all revert to their primordial state? Genesis, yeah, I can never right? yeah, I I remember the name of that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. And I like the ones where like, um, is it, what's what's the one where Riker's like inside the play, inside the, yes. he's been captured, that uh, yeah, one, yeah. I can um, remember the name of. Frame of Mind. Of, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love all of those ones that really kind of <laughs> scramble your yeah. mind grapes. Oh, for, frame of Mind is great. And also the one called First Contact where B.B. Newworth mm-hmm. gets down with Riker. I mean, that's that's yeah. essential. <laughs> That's yeah. that's real quality stuff. They're yeah. all good. I love them all. The worst episode of Star Trek is still great because it's Star Trek. Yeah, like the, the absolute absolute worst episode. You're like, ah, it's a, I like that guy. You know, we're hanging out with him again. It's not so bad. Look at the cool ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's one of the best things about having Star Trek friendships. Sorry to cheesily bring it back to the topic at hand, um, is because you can. Uh, there's always, always, always something to talk about. Always. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you never run out, which is great. Can, can I just want to mention since we're one last thing that may um, that people who are thinking about buying the book uh, should know is that there is a really nifty forward uh, by mm-hmm. Ethan Phillips and Robert Picardo that I was very lucky to um, s- sort of be there to help guide that because this again it was all during the pandemic. So although it may seem when you're reading that they're together in a room, and actually it was the magic of. Uh, behind the scenes work. Um, but what's great, uh, two things. Number one is that some of the proceeds of the book are going to the Planetary Society, which is Picardo is one of the brand ambassadors. He's on the board. The, yeah. He's on yeah. the board yeah. And the Planetary Society is really cool. And the other thing is Picardo and Phillips, I'm sure most of your viewers know, they truly are very, very good friends. They knew each other for, I don't know, 15 years or so or longer before voyager ever happened they were part of the same clique of friends in new york they tell a very funny story about how they were often up for the same parts uh and (laughs) over the years picardo would get a part and then realize that phillips was second on the list and then vice versa phillips would get a part and picardo was up for it so that added a little tension to their friendship but it is a true friendship and i've been very very lucky over the years going to the conventions um, the Star Trek cruise. Um, I was once at a convention in Germany where I got to sit in a taxi with the two of them for a long time. And the it's not it's not for the stage. It's a true, genuine um, friendship that they have that's lasted now decades. So when Rob's thinking we got to do um, do a uh, a forward for this, uh, he Rob, you just said maybe maybe Ethan and, and Bob would want to do it. And it was like we did not have to you know we did not have to twist their arms it was an instant like sure what do you you know no no sweat because what did it mean it meant that we had to do a zoom and the two guys would have to chat and it's i got the sense having been the one that got to put it together they would have been doing that anyhow like you know it was a case of like okay talk to you next week like it's a common thing for them to keep tabs on each other which you know all the star trek alumni love one another of course but these two guys really do so it was really very nice to see that yeah, that comes out, that comes across in the forward, definitely. 
Cool. Well, listen, the Star Trek Book of Friendship comes out on May 10th, available pretty much everywhere. And I believe you can pre-order it now, depending on where you go. Um, absolutely should. Where, where can folks find you guys uh, out and about on the internet if they would like to keep in touch with you? Uh, um, you can visit my <laughs> website. Oh, there's my, Jordan, one of my stop favorite it. We're, images. You're being distracting. <laughs> but um, this art. is the this is the page that has only just one line. Go, Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's little, great. Little. Great shot. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Rob. After you were so rude. I can't remember cut what off. we were talking about. We were, ta we're talking about where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> Uh, you can just go to my website, robperlman.com, and I'm on the Twitter for now and Facebook and Instagram. It's all my name. Okay. And we can see um, you, some of your previous books, because I know, like, you mentioned Starfleet is, and um, and you've got other Star Trek books as well as other fandom books in there, too. Yeah, I'm up to about 50 books so far. Wow. Wow. You know, it's a really great one that Rob just wrote. It's a really nice uh, book. Uh, it's called Love Like a Vulcan. Sorry, live like, uh, a Vulcan. live like a Vulcan, love like a Wookiee. Don't love like a Vulcan, that's rubbish. No, <laughs> laugh like a Hobbit. And yeah. what this is, uh, this this is a great, I wish um, this book existed when my niece and nephew were a little younger, because it's a really great uh, book to, to give to a kid like as they're entering middle school, like they're going to have mm -hmm. to negotiate society. And there are really good lessons from pop culture that Rob has uh, put in here. Uh, of course, I read it and, you know, and I am not in middle school. I'm much, much older and I found great material in there. But this is one of the hundreds of, of Rob Perlman books that you should read. They're terrific. Thank you. My publicist. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> uh, and Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at Jay Hoffman and I write about movies and entertainment and stuff across across the panoply of of networks uh you can read my work but i'm uh you know available to chat with anybody about star trek at any time always ready to waste time talking about star trek instead of doing my work so slide into your dms too uh... <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> fantastic uh well thank you both again so rob perlman and jordan hoffman authors of the star trek book of friendship and it's out on uh may 10th wherever your good books are sold thank you absolutely. both so much for joining me today i really appreciate you being here you got thank it you. this is a roddenberry podcast for more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.